Yeah, we got Trey Duvall. Trey Duvall is here with us for Thirsty Thursday. And we are waiting on David Solomon. We'll be here shortly. Hey, there hey. he is. What's going on, David? Hey, hey. All right, we got David Solomon. We got Trey Duvall. Hey, Trey, hey. say what? What's up, everybody? What's up, David? Hey, Trey. All right, so Trey is a young up-and-coming detailer. He works with uh, Pure One Mobile Detail and uh, also then works with us part-time. Been great having him on board at Total Auto Solutions. What are you up to tonight, Dave? Uh, nothing, just cooking some dinner and uh, just cracked open a fat tire. No, you can't crack it open yet. <laughs> <All right. laughs> beer of the evening. <laughs> Hey, he's thirsty, Marty. Give him a break. <laughs> it is. It's Thirsty Thursday, so he's he got thirsty, did he? Thirsty. Oh, yeah. Well, we're we're up at the warehouse working on a GMC Sierra. It's kind of like a dark charcoal, and uh, we got a good cutting all done. Trey did a great job buffing out the paint, and uh, then we did some Optimus primer polish, and we're about to coat it with some CC 105. Yeah, nice, good coating. coating. So you guys have started getting into some coatings, dabbling around a little bit. Why did you decide to start getting yeah. into that? Uh, it's, uh, it's superior to wax. It's interesting, and I, I want to be able to add more value to, to our customer yeah. base. So um, yeah, it's a, it's a good it's a good way to add more value to uh, add more value to detail, for sure. Coatings, uh, coatings. Are what really is it that's interesting? Uh, well, I mean, it's uh, it's a lot more effective than wax. Um, it's not too much more difficult. Uh, it's uh, the prep. The difficult of uh, the difficulty of applying um, uh, coatings to me is really just the prep work more so than, than actual coating itself. I agree with you on that one, Dave. Coating. Yeah, the prep work you have to be pretty meticulous. Well, about. so that's a good point. We've uh, we've actually kind of started that uh, debate slash conversation with a couple different people about uh, we did a podcast with Jimbo uh, as the auto detailing podcast and uh, we talked about the difference in paint correction and paint enhancement so when Trey was working on this vehicle this is a perfect example this came in pretty rough but the guy had a budget like he did not want to spend the money that it would take to do a full correction and yeah. Trey even said, hey, should we get out sandpaper? And hey, what about this scratch? And, you know, so right? it's pretty scratched yeah. up, huh? No, it was very scratched up. I mean, it wasn't like, I mean, you see, you see cars very often where, like, like the clear coat is just like, it needs help. Like, um, but this truck, like, the, the paint on it was just fine. It just looked like somebody's got, like, hashling and slasher across it. And it was kind of, it, it was one of those ones, it was kind of, it was, it's different. Um, usually, usually you're used to seeing a bunch of, bunch of scratches all over the truck and a lot of marring. This one had better paint, but really bad scratches all over. I think he gone through a car wash a lot, and they just probably didn't even use soap. They just, you know, went straight through with no soap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's pretty bad. Pretty, but yeah, uh, that or you know, he might have taken it. It's a truck, so maybe he kind of went out through the woods a little bit or something. You know, it looked like there was some some definite deep. Uh, deep scratches on it but you it is, know this it is a uh, deer hunting season right so maybe he's taking it out through the woods to check his uh feeders or something yeah, yeah maybe you know 
That's a that's a definitely a good. I didn't even think of that, David. You know, that's why you're the professional. <laughs> yeah, because I think about deer hunting. <laughs> <laughs> you think about shooting poor Bambi. Oh gosh, yeah. it's a baby. Deer. Um, but I mean, so he has a budget, right? So. Uh, if we would have quoted him for the coding plus a full correction where, you know, Trey wants to get out sandpaper and, you know, heavy, deep scratches and pull everything out and make the car look, you know, pristine, right? We would have to charge too much to, you know, to justify it for him. Whereas yeah. he just said, you know, when he came in, we, we asked him questions, you know, what do you see in your pain? You know, how far do you want to, t- you know, how, how many of this exactly you know a lot of those a lot of people don't see swirls they don't see spider web markings they just see like big deep scratches and they didn't you know him and others just haven't always seen all the other scratches that are around it and so he couldn't justify spending the cost so i don't ever say that with coatings you have to do correction right I say you do what the customer wants and the customer expects and is willing to pay for, you know. So if somebody don't want to pay $1,000, you know, and they want to spend 500 you know, so you give them a good buff, polish, you get the paint looking really glossy and nice. You just, there might still be some scratches in it. And the customer knows that, um, you know, when you tell them that, you know, you're not going to be able to do every single thing. And uh, we've, we've had happy, happy customers. Nobody's ever complained because they can't see the scratches anyway. So, so what you're anyway. saying what you're saying is uh, you just communicate. You really, really communicate well to them. Yeah. 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 That's something. That's something I definitely going. Uh, I mean, this is on Marty's trade speak, but uh, you know, on Marty's half, that's something that yeah, I feel like is not really stressed enough in the detail world. Is, yeah, uh, communication like, so important. Yeah, because like when you sit. I mean, when you sit here and ask people, uh, you know, like, you know, what all you want done? Like, well, I want the whole nine yards. Like, okay, well, like, what, you know, what can you What see? does that mean? Yeah. <laughs> what do you mean you want the whole nine? The whole nine yards is a lot of money coming out your pocket. That's, you know, there's, a lot, there's a whole lot being done there. Um, and it's just, I mean, just like there was Marty, the guy's like, well, I see this huge gouge here in the hood. Like, okay, well, I mean, that's something that's, that's almost taken to the body shop. Uh, you know, so it was like, you know, what else do you see that, you know, you're like wanting to get out of the paint? Um, and that's where, I mean, that's where you start drawing your lines, you know, uh, do you want, you know, paint enhancement or you want a correction and are you willing to pay for that difference? And that's something I feel like a lot of people, you know, they kind of nitpick at things, but it's, you know. Well, there's a little bit in, in ceramics of, you know, some coatings wanted to push that ceramics are for elitists and, you know, they have to be able to do full corrections and they have to be able to do all this. And, no, no. you know, there's a, a whole mass market of daily drivers out there that people don't aren't really concerned about the micromarine and that stuff. They're only oh, concerned yeah. about it shining and that it's protected, mm-hmm. you know, so it's just a matter of which market you want to go towards. And yeah. That- I feel like that's another big thing that people think is like ceramics are made. Like I feel like there's, I mean, I feel like everybody sees like all oh, these cool cars have this ceramic coating on here. Like, man, I'd never be able to do that. Like, no, you, just because you have a daily driver, that's. I mean, a lot, a lot of what Marty has pushed around is that these coatings are made for people who drive daily driven vehicles. 
yes, if you go through and completely paint correct the vehicle and put a coating on there, it's going to look amazing. Uh, that's you know, it's just hands down. But you don't always have to, you know. There we there's plenty. Of, I mean, we have the Y wax and the Onio, and then we have also have Phobic now that you know will help like keep your car looking fantastic. And, and if it's a daily driver, all the more reason, honestly, to protect it, right? Exactly. Right. Yeah, you're right. I mean, so so Dave, how long? Tell us. You know, each each week we'll or each time we talk, you know, we'll we'll learn a little bit more of who David Solomon is. Trey, we're gonna we're gonna diverge from. Uh, ceramics you know we, we can only go so far yeah we got to talk about other stuff too you know pretty soon we got to crack open a beer but dave's already cracked his open anyway so dave so tell us how long you've been in the detail industry uh 10 years and same company for 10 years or have you yeah yeah i've done i've done stuff on my own as well Nice. Now, um, tell us about uh, your path as a detailer. What is it that you love so much about it? I've always liked working with my hands. Uh, I like uh, I like providing. The cool thing about detailing is you can provide those visible results for someone and just kind of wow someone on the spot. So that's a nice plus too. Um, I like the idea of restoring something to its former beauty as well. It's. Uh, it's a, uh, it's, it's satisfying, you know, it's a satisfying lot of work. Mm-hmm. And, and I think to me, it was always also too, it's, you know, seeing something from one, one, you know, paint, you know, paint's looking pretty bad. And then to be able to buff polish it and the customer, like you said, like the customer <laughs> can wild. see what you've done. Yeah. is wild. And, you know, that to me has always been my favorite when they come out and they see the vehicle and they say, you know, ah, oh, my vehicle hasn't looked this good since I bought it you know? yeah, or, or it looks better. Phrase. Yeah. It's pretty common. Or they'll say, they'll even sometimes say it looks better than when I bought it. Yeah. Oh, that's always fun. So now you're completely retail, right? What would you say? You're completely retail as far as detailing, you know, uh, I mean, yeah, currently, so I manage uh, the shop at Fine Airport Parking. Um, but, I mean, I, I have done detailing uh, on the side on my own uh, in the past. Yeah. Um, what's what's going on in the retail world? Like, what, what do you think the most common um, issue is in, in detailing with retail customers? Uh, communication, like what Trey mentioned, 100%. 100% oh, really? communication. How so? Um, being able to set expectations properly and being able to communicate to the, the customer what exactly they're getting with uh, what you're doing. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, something that we, that's something that we run into a lot, uh, but we also probably do a little more volume um, than some other shops may. But that's, uh, that's definitely one of the things that we uh, run into the most, I'd say, for sure. Just making sure we're able to properly communicate to them. And when we do, it's, it's always uh, a good situation. Pe- people are always really happy, really satisfied. I'd say also to, um, yeah, it, mainly communication, yeah. Oh, interesting. Trey, what about you? I mean, uh, as you're kind of still young in the business, but you've worked at dealerships and you've been doing some uh, mobile. What, uh, what do you think the biggest issue is as far as detailing in the dealership world? Um, you know, I, you know, I, I, I definitely agree with him on the communication part, but it's also like expectations. Um, one thing 
do it. One thing I was doing with, uh, like, when I was at a dealership was that they're always expecting you to, like, make the car look way better than, like, it ever was from even the factory. And, you know, asking your buff on it, it's like, listen, you know, there's only so much you're paying for, especially when you're doing fleet stuff. Um, you can't, like, it takes a lot of time. Like, sometimes it's, there's times where it takes 30 minutes to do a door. You know, that's just how badly it's scratched up it is. And when you have people expecting that on every vehicle, uh, there, there becomes a complication there. Um, so as the dealership, they, they're kind of more pushing for speed. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, they push for speed, but at different times, you know, everybody's different manager there. Uh, but yes, that, that speed, speed and, you know, quality control is, I think, is a, a big, uh, big thing. And also, I think that also leads back to communication. Uh, I think one thing that a lot of, uh, I guess a lot of people are starting to learn, though, is like just from back in the day, you know, you know, basic buff, you know, I saw you with the rotary, like you can, I mean, I watched Marty with the rotary all, all the way around this truck in no time. It was quick and easy. Did he get all the swirl marks out and all that? No, um, but it, it did put a nice shine on the car. So that's something that I think with all the new age stuff that is coming along. Trey, um, did you just say that you left swirl marks in the truck? No. You left swirl marks. Well, yeah, I had a rotary. You were supposed to come back and fix the swirl marks. I did. I never said anything. All right, good, good. I'm just making sure, man. I'm just making sure. Well, cool, man. I appreciate it. That's just good words. All right, so Dave, you say you have already cracked open the beer for tonight? Yeah. <clears throat> New Belgian's Fat Tire. They're Belgian Abio. Oh, it's All right, well, we will crack open ours. Now, for me, this beer goes pretty far back to when I was in high school. Uh, no, I did not consume the frosty beverage when I was in high school. <laughs> it was way beyond my palate. Um, but I was down at a baseball tournament, and I remember being walking into the coach's room, you know, at the hotel, and I think we all just came in there, and they were drinking Fat Tire because at that time you could not get it in Oklahoma. Right, we were only able to get Fat Tire very recently. Yeah, I think it's past a year or two, not even, not even two. Yeah, probably just a year or so. Mm -hmm. And so it was a big deal for them. And I guess you know, whenever we went down for our little tournaments down in Texas, they would always stock up on Fat Tires. Yeah, I used to do that. See, so, I used to stack, stock up on New Belgian beer whenever I'd go out of town. So, Dave, do you know what? Uh, you know, there'd be people listening and they're like, wait, what? Why couldn't you get a beer? Oklahoma has some weird rules and laws in the past. To say the least. <laughs> yeah. Tell us about uh, that and what uh, – we have a law that is supposed to go into effect here pretty soon, right? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, our laws um, are changing a lot over the past year. But in the past, what uh, Marty was talking about, uh, we couldn't get beer refrigerated, shipped refrigerated here that was above uh, 3.2 by volume or 4% by weight. So it's kind of, you know, the, the Budweiser's, uh, all that stuff, that, that real light point beer. Um, we couldn't get it. We couldn't get it. And a lot of, and a lot of breweries, they don't uh, ship their beer. Uh, well, they, they, sorry, they ship their beer refrigerated because they want to preserve the beer along the way, you know. So all those breweries that ship their beer refrigerated, um, they can't get in Oklahoma because of that absurd law. <clears throat> yeah, so like if we go into the gas station or Walmart or, you know, a grocery store, a lot of other states, they can buy like real beer. Yeah. Five, six percent, whatever, you know, whatever it is. Yeah. We have to get all the, the main common, you know, blah. So uh, last year, right? And, and then they voted that we would be able to start getting the beer in um, at a higher level. When does that go into effect? Um, that's a good question. I, um, I think, I, I think it's next year. year. Yeah, yeah, I think it's the beginning of next year. Yeah, that's what I was thinking, too. All right, so Cody has uh, not joined us, but Trey said that he has never had this beer, right? Oh, okay. That's very true. Uh, uh, did, so, so cheers, cheers man. What does it, what does smell, it like? smell like? It smells like yummy. smells like what? Yummy. 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 It, has a, it has a twang to it. It has a twangy smell to it. Mmm, so good. <laughs> so, Trey, when you think of this beer, like you take a swig, tell us what you taste. Like what? Um, it comes in nice and smooth, like a smooth wheat. It comes in like a smooth wheat, but then uh, midway through, it hits a, a the same way. Well, while smelling it, it has a has a twang to it midway through. Now on the finish end of it, but afterwards, once you uh, sit there and breathe a little bit, it, it tastes good. Um, so it's kind of weird. It's like three different flavors. Of yeah, it Still definitely has. A, it yeah, of, it does. It has a, a somewhat of a, I guess, a Thanksgiving kind of taste spice to it. A Thanksgiving taste? Um, I don't know. Like Interesting. A, I think it would go good with a Thanksgiving meal. Some squash, some yeah. turkey, some stuffing, definitely. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> It, is, it kind of has that, it wants to be kind of spicy, but it's not at all. Uh, it kind of goes in with that twang part there. Uh, <laughs> so, Dave, what's the twang? Is that some hops in it or what? Uh, I don't know. That depends on his interpretation of it. Uh, I'll tell you what, what, um, what I taste whenever I taste it. Um, it's, it's, well, it's, it's, a, it's a Belgian, it's like their take on a Belgian Abbey Ale, so it kind of has like that... Uh, like that dark fruit, dark cherry kind of flavor to it to me. Yeah. It's it's yeah. also a little uh, oaky, you know, kind of like some oak, oak kind of flavor to it. Uh, it also has uh, the aroma comes from like that yeast. It's kind of, um, I don't know about the aroma. It's, it's kind of boozy a little bit on the nose. <clears throat> well, so that, that smell you, that smell that you smell, that's what I taste yeah, well, to, to me, it's really, really light. Like, like I was saying, it's a yeah. Belgian Abbey Ale. Usually, Bel Belgian Abbey Ales are really uh, like, like more body, more sugar, sweetness. 
Um, they're usually a higher ABV, like 7-8%. This one is a 5.2, at least the one I'm having. And uh, so it's, it's, like a, it's like an Americanized lighter version of it, you know what I mean? Which is kind of nice because sometimes I, I don't really like, want to drink a, a super high, sweet, high ABV sweet beer all the time. You know, it's too rich. <clears throat> so what's the difference in an Abbey Ale and, and an Ale? Uh, it's just the style. Um, Abbey Ale's, uh, it's kind of the way they used to make them back, the, the monks back in the day, in the, what, 16th century or whatever that is. So it's, it's, uh, it's, it's a play off of that style. And the way they used to make them back then was um, just heavier, rich beers. Um, so, so when we see like beers. movies that are trying to resemble that time frame <laughs> way, you know, what, 300 years ago or so, is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah, three, four hundred years ago, yeah. You know, and you watch movies, and, you know, they're in a pub, and they're drinking a beer. This is the style that it would have been? Uh, I mean, de depends, but, yeah, it, it would have been kind of like that, because there was a certain period of time where um, monks were the only ones that were brewing. They, they kind of, they kept, they kept the tradition of brewing alive, actually. I didn't know that. Yeah, if it weren't for, if it weren't for monks, monks, we wouldn't have, uh, well... We more than likely wouldn't have beer. <clears throat> there's a, there's a bunch of weird laws back in the day, like in um, in Germany and stuff like that. Um, there was monopolies on beer. Who could make beer? Only certain families could make beer. And and, and like the monks and stuff like that. So it, I don't know. There's there's a lot of uh, po politics has been heavily involved in beer. It's not just in Oklahoma. It's it's been an uh, ongoing historical thing. Interesting. Well, I mean, I this has always been one of my favorites. I I always think it's yeah, it is. It's a good go-to beer. It's got good flavor. Y'all are a lot more descriptive than I am. I'm like, man, it tastes good. Let me have another. So, uh, I I like having the the different uh, different taste on it. Yeah, I definitely I definitely agree with you on uh, the different taste within it. Um, yeah, I definitely agree with you on that one. Like, uh, it, uh, I don't know. It's, it's not all one flavor, which was really, really interesting. Yeah. It's not all one flavor. It has multiple different flavors. Like, as you go through, as you take your sip, swallow, and whatnot, it, it has a lot of flavors. It. It's not bad. It's good. Yeah, it's kind of, it's kind of exactly. layered, you know, with, with a lot of these American loggers, loggers that we're used to. Yeah, it's just I don't know. It's just one thing. It's very two dimensional. It's a, it's a little more boring. It's nice, light, and refreshing yeah. and dry, but uh, it's, uh, it's a little more. So boring. what we talked about the Abbey Ale and what it, the ales part, but what's the Belgium style? Is that uh, that's determined by the yeast that is used? Yeah, 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 yeah for sure. I mean, well, I mean. I, I'm sure it's, you know, the kinds of grains and blah, 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 and everything, too. But I think the Belgian character really comes from the yeast. And that is the, uh, the, the bacteria or the microbes that uh, turn the sugar into alcohol, into ethanol. And different strands mm -hmm. of yeast create different flavors. Yep. Exactly. We're basically drinking yeast yeah, so, poop. Is that what you're saying? In a way, yeah. <laughs> so whenever we... Whenever we get sugars, we basically add hot water to barley, barley malted barley, and then those sugars we uh, we throw the yeast on there, and those yeast eat those sugars, and then they basically pr they produce uh, carbon dioxide, which gives the carbonation, and they produce ethanol, which gives us that 
good old buzz feeling. It's the uh, that, you said ethanol. <laughs> yeah, that's the kind of alcohol it makes. Yeah, and that's what gives us the buzz, huh? Nice. So can we? Yeah, the same stuff we put in our gasoline. Say, can, can I run my car off this stuff <laughs> now, or what? <laughs> <It's a new laughs> Yeah. Good, yeah. So there's 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 companies that actually uh, they actually use corn because corn's super high in sugar and starch, and they use that in mass, and they use yeast, and that's how they produce the ethanol that goes in our gasoline right yeah, now. Say, I'm from uh, I got a lot of family up in Iowa, and all you see up there is cornfields. That's it. A bunch of cornfields. <laughs> yeah. Takes a lot of corn to to supplement our gas. Well, and isn't that also why once they passed that, uh, a lot of beef prices and different things went up because they diverted a lot of the corn from cattle over to vehicles? Yeah, yeah. I imagine that's the case. I personally haven't heard that, but that makes perfect sense, yeah, because <laughs> all of a sudden the demand just goes right. up. Yeah, we're here to talk about cattle and uh, <laughs> ethanol gasoline <laughs> on a detailing and beer podcast. Sounds like a great plan. <laughs> well, cool, man. Hey, uh, we'll go ahead and uh, call the evening. It was a great little podcast. I appreciate you guys coming in, Dave. Tell us, uh, happy to tell help. us uh, your final thoughts on this Belgian style ale. Somebody should pick it up. When should they drink it? When yeah. should they drink it? It's perfect beer over the holidays. I, I think this time of year, it's just a super great beer. If, if you're if you're just used to the Budweisers, the Miller Lights, and stuff like that, um, this I think is a good transition beer because it's still lighter. It's not really heavy, and uh, it, it complements all the kind of fall festivity food type stuff really well. You know, and New Belgium is it's a popular. It's a microbrewery that's that's growing, right? I mean, they're they're become it's yeah, massive, they're not yeah. so micro anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're probably they're probably distributing to I imagine the majority of the states mm -hmm. now. And they've got a bunch of other great uh, beers, but uh, this is sort of like their oh, yeah. go to. Isn't this like sort of their most popular go to beer? <clears throat> yeah, this is their workhorse yeah. for sure. Uh -huh. Well, cool. Uh, where do people find you on social media? Um, where do people find me on social media? Uh, my IG is Des Does D E S D O E S. Des does, and then I've got a Facebook. It's just David Solomon. Nice. So if anybody wants to connect and ask mm -hmm. your opinion on different beers or detailing, they can find you there. Trey, where do people find you? Uh, I'm on. I'm all over Facebook, actually. But yeah, just Trade of All. You'll, uh, my profile, and also you see me on Pure One Mobile Detailing. I'm all over there, along with Marty Total Solutions. But I post often. Um, and my profile picture is a 95 G20 Camaro, so it's not like uh, You do a lot of Snapchat, though, too, don't you? Uh, I do a little bit. I, I dabble on it here and there. <laughs> <clears throat> Dave, have you gotten into Snapchat yet? I, ha I have it, but I haven't really used it much. Yeah. Yeah. Do you suggest do you recommend well, I, it? I mean, I used to use it more. I think the more I use Instagram, and when Instagram created stories, it kind of... Yeah, that's why yeah, I use it, it kind of yep, kind of detoured the amount of Snapchatting I do. So, yeah, it was uh, it was yep. a nice play by uh, Zuckerberg and uh, Instagram to peel off of the mm -hmm. success of Snapchat. So, I would mm -hmm. also like to I just want to note something here. 
Um, back to what we're talking about this beer. It's a great evening beer. I, I do have to say, it's not not on a hot. Yeah, yeah cool nights. Say, definitely not on a hot. I, you can drink it on a hot day. It depends on you, but I mean, it's it's a great. Like, sun's going down. Basically, it's still somewhat warm to cold outside. It's, it's a great beer to have. Yeah, so you're definitely gonna go pick some up, huh? Uh, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> we gotta convert them. We gotta convert them. <laughs> yeah. Give me a little six pack. <laughs> Crap beer. Yeah. All right, guys. Hey, I appreciate your time. And uh, this is Marty, Total Auto Solutions. You can find us on Instagram, Total Auto Solutions, or uh, Facebook. And, uh, David, I appreciate you coming on. Trey, thank you for your time. We're going to get back yeah. to work. Happy yeah. to be a part. You guys have a great night. You too. We have a good evening. <laughs>